Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Sat on a tree, down a down, hey down a down. They were as black as they might be with a down. One of them said to his mate, "Where shall we our breakfast take with a down, dairy, 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 down, down." Welcome to a special Advent 2023 edition of the Three Ravens podcast. My name's Eleanor Conlon and I'm gathering my ink black raven's wings around me and embracing the darkness with my shadowy co-host Martin Vaux. <laughs> Gotta say, Eleanor, that was a pretty gothy introduction right there. Am I right in thinking that has something to do with collie birds? It does indeed, because we're counting down to Christmas with 12 days of mini episodes, culminating in our Three Ravens Christmas special on Christmas Day, inspired by the 12 Days of Christmas song. Mm-hmm. And Four Collie Birds is one of the lines in the song that's often misunderstood. I'll be honest, for years I thought it was calling birds, which never made much sense to me because almost all birds have a call of some kind. But I presumed it was something like a minor bird or a parrot that imitated human speech. That's probably just me. Well, I don't think you're alone there because the calling birds mishearing is very common, whereas a collie bird is an old term for a blackbird with the term coming from the blackness of coal. Oh, so they're coley birds mm-hmm. or coal black birds. Exactly that. Mm. And of course, then there are many birds that are black. Like ravens. Yes, like ravens, but also crows. And ravens. Yes, but also blackbirds, mm. which is a colloquial term for blackbirds, specifically common in the 17th and 18th centuries. So we're not going to talk about ravens. Not on this particular occasion. Oh. But to cheer you up, I will give you the Latin name for a blackbird, which is Turdus Merula. <laughs> Turdus. That can't be real. It is. Turdus means thrush. (laughs) So Turdus merula is the species of thrush, also known as a blackbird. Very well. Consider me cheered. And most people in Europe, especially, but also America, are likely very familiar with the blackbird. It has all black feathers and a yellow bill and eye ring, and they sing very beautifully. Well, when I think about blackbirds and the folkloric tradition, I think of Sing a Song of Sixpence. You know, Sing a Song of Sixpence, a pocket full of rye, four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie. When the pie was open, the birds began to sing wasn't that a dainty dish to set before the king it goes on doesn't it that song oh yes there's counting houses and pots of honey and so forth yeah. a couple more verses <laughs> but the end repeats the beginning sure. and it's quite an old song there are actually references to sing a song of sixpence in Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night really? and fellow renaissance playwrights Beaumont and Fletcher's 1614 play Bonduca although the earliest version we have of the whole song dates from the 18th century does it appear in another miscellany like like the 12 Days of Christmas song. It does, in Tommy Thumb's Pretty Songbook from 1744. <laughs> Whoa, and what a great name for a miscellany, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> anyway, the thrust of the song basically relates to an old tradition called Entremont, where live birds would be hidden inside pies that looked cooked. Yeah. So the pies could be cut open and the birds 
fly out in a dramatic fashion. That doesn't sound good for the birds. No, I can't imagine it was. And I have always wondered why the birds didn't simply peck their way out. Yeah. Because surely the pie crust was tempting. Mm. But we do have a slightly unfortunate recipe for just such a pie from an Italian cookbook published in 1549. Wow. And we do know, for example, that one was served at the wedding of Catherine de Medici's granddaughter Marie to Henry IV of France in 1600. It's kind of blowing my mind. Um, when we think about blackbirds in folklore, I know of one example right off the top of my head, and that's because I did all that research for that Patreon-exclusive Mega Mabon Autumn Equinox special. Yes, so in that episode, you retold the Culloch and Olwen story yes. as found in the Red Book of Hergist and the White Book of Riddick, these Welsh texts dating from the 14th century. And in that legend, as part of their quest, Mabon and King Arthur find the oldest animals in the world to seek advice from and one of them is the blackbird yeah in one of the versions i mean confession i didn't include the blackbird in my version but still according to the red book at least the blackbird is one of the three oldest animals in existence along with the stag and the trout in celtic belief more widely though the blackbird like the owl the eagle and the swan as we discussed in our seven swans a swimming episode were thought of as birds which could transcend the material plane of existence mm. and travel to the other world so the death definitely had a special status in the deep past. These days, they're very much seen as common birds, though, aren't they? Like, we have one who hops about in our garden looking for worms all the time. Yes, a lovely Mr Blackbird. Mm. Who knows, that very Blackbird might be carrying news about our doings to the other world. Oh, God. Hell, it might even be the original Blackbird, one of the oldest animals in all existence. That's true. We should definitely keep putting stuff out on the bird table. Yes, perhaps higher quality leftovers. <laughs> Get the waitress croissants out in there. <laughs> Blackbirds also crop up in another story from the Mabinogian, the tale of Branwen. Mm. Branwen's the daughter of Lear, uh, Lear being a mythical king, written about by one of our favourites, Geoffrey of Monmouth, whose tales of King Lear partly inspired Shakespeare's play, King Lear. Okay, wow. So if Branwen was daughter of King Lear, does that mean she's, what, Cordelia? Kind of, but the tale is actually set after Lear is dead, oh, right. when Branwen's been married off to the King of Ireland, who mistreats her, kicking off a cataclysmic war that leaves only seven survivors. Ooh. And these survivors, as you might well, have a feast before they embark to bury the head of the dead King of Britain, at which the three birds of Rhiannon, the three blackbirds, sing a song to them which lasts for seven years. Crikey, that's got to have been quite the tune to keep their attention for seven years. And in terms of Rhiannon, just to touch on that, she is a mythical, otherworldly Queen of Wales, isn't she? Sort of associated with horses and maybe the pagan god Epona. Exactly right. And Rhiannon has these three blackbirds that serve her, a bit like Odin's ravens, carrying messages and singing a song that can, and I quote, wake the dead and lull the living to sleep. Very interesting. I mean, as with a lot of Welsh mythology, we only really have it in fragments, but even just those few scraps are so interesting and serve to suggest the blackbird had a special status in ancient Welsh and Celtic culture. And this status endures for quite a while. But for example, we We've spoken about St. Benedict quite a bit on the podcast, yes. not least because he founded the Order of St. Benedict and wrote the Rule of St. Benedict, which laid down the rules for how monks should behave in the Middle Ages. Yes, Benedict of Nursia, important chap, patron saint of Europe. 
Well, in Pope Gregory the Great's book, The Life of St. Benedict, there's a curious story about St. Benedict and a blackbird where Benedict's alone praying and a blackbird comes and starts to flutter in his face trying to distract him. He realises that the blackbird is actually the devil disguised as a blackbird. So he makes the sign of the cross and the bird flies off. Only then, Benedict is struck by tempting saucy thoughts about a woman he once met, a woman he quite fancied. And in this moment of searing pain, Benedict runs outside, strips off his habit and leaps into a massive patch of nettles and briars. Ouch! Benedict is then said to have rolled about in the patch of thorns and nettles (laughs) until his body was covered in blood and the temptation had left him. And he realised that through physical pain, the human form could be victorious over sin. Hmm. I mean, hmm, Eleanor, hmm. Yeah, look, I mean, he could have just seen a blackbird, didn't he? <laughs> he could have. It's a very strange association to have, isn't it? Look, a blackbird. No, it's the devil, which makes me think of that woman I quite fancied. I know, let's get naked and ride about in a patch of nettles and prickly bushes. It's pretty strange. Yeah, well, as you said, patron saint of <laughs> Europe, so he must have been right about some things, I guess. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and when you're looking out the garden window at that blackbird, Martin, who knows what might happen next? Well, thankfully, we do not have any stinging nettles in our garden. (laughs) Blackbirds do also crop up in fairy tales, including the golden blackbird, also known as the white blackbird, which dates from the early 19th century. Although, to be honest, that story is absolutely bonkers. Bonkers how? I mean, I'm always up for a slightly bonkers fairy tale. Okay, well, bear with me on this one. There's a king with a beautiful garden in which there's a tree which grows golden apples. Only one night, one of his golden apples is stolen by a blackbird with golden feathers. Uh The king tasks his three sons to catch the blackbird, but they don't know where to start, so they go and ask a fox. As you do. And the fox advises them to first only stay in cheap accommodation while they embark on their quest. Right. The eldest brother thinks this is a bit below him, so he drops out of the quest. Breaking strain of a Kit Kat, that eldest brother. (laughs) The fox then advises the other two brothers to only attempt to catch the bird in a wooden cage, because a golden cage would be too obvious. Uh But the middle brother thinks this is beneath him, so he drops out of the quest. Strange advice, because... I wouldn't have thought a golden cage would be terribly practical in the first place. Very heavy. Indeed. So then the youngest brother looks to buy a horse to go on his quest, but the fox advises him to pick a modest-looking horse with a dull grey saddle rather than the fancy horse with the golden saddle. Sure. This he does, and off he goes on his quest, where he's led by the fox to a neighbouring kingdom where the golden blackbird lives. But in order to catch the blackbird, the fox tells the youngest brother that he'll need gallows flesh to feed it. Gallows flesh? That's grim, but okay. So off the young prince goes to the gallows to try and find some corpses. Only who is being brought out to be hanged but his brothers, who have been living sordid lives since abandoning the quest, Mm. gambling, getting drunk and into a lot of trouble. So the younger prince saves his brothers from their grim fate, only they chuck him in the nearest river. What? Yeah, grateful. (laughs) Then ride his horse right on back to their father's castle, taking the empty wooden cage with them and telling their dad the youngest brother died on the quest. All this for a golden blackbird. (laughs) Yeah, I did say it was bonkers. Anyway, the younger brother doesn't die. He washes up on the riverbanks near the castle where the bird actually lives. Ah. He's rescued and nursed back to health by the princess of this neighbouring empire. As he gets better, she falls in love with him. 
And when the king learns he's a prince, he gives the couple the golden bird as a wedding present, along with a fancy horse with a golden saddle, a golden cage to keep the bird in. Right. So it is that the younger brother returns home with the princess, all his prizes, accompanied by the helpful fox. And once home, his brothers are revealed to be liars and cheats and are put in jail. Yeah. And the younger brother becomes the heir apparent and... Then comes the weird part. The what? It wasn't weird already? Okay, come on now. What's the weird part? Well, at that point, the fox asks the younger brother to cut its head and feet off. What? You heard me. <laughs> and so the prince does just that because, well, the, all the fox's advice has been great so yeah, far. Okay, sure. And it's revealed that the fox was actually the princess's long-lost brother all along <laughs> who had been cursed by a witch to live as a fox until his sister had a happy marriage to a good and appropriate man. The end. That is insane. <laughs> Look, not all folk tales are classics, but even that one recurs a half dozen times in English, French, German, Russian, like the Firebird trope. Yeah, it's, sure. it's classed under the Arne Thompson Uther Index Type 550, Bird, Horse and Princess. Well, thanks for telling it, but when it comes to Blackbird stories, I'm going to say that the exploding bird pie has to rate higher than the golden blackbird, as does, I reckon, all the cool Celtic mythology stuff. And probably naked St. Benedict rolling around in the stinging nettles. Oh, easily. And overall, I think we can say that the folkloric symbolism of blackbirds is... At best, a bit confused. It sure is. Nowhere near as straightforward as many of the other examples we've spoken about. Anyway, Martin, what are you going to be talking about tomorrow? Well, I'm going to be talking about three French hens, of course. So that's going to be a riot. Not just regular hens, but French hens. So hens wearing berets, smoking gaulois, absentmindedly eating croissants. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> While we also have our new Dying Arts episode as well. A double release day. Yes, and I'm going to be talking about traditional Christmas crafts in time for midwinter. Lovely. So that's going to be lots of fun, I hope. Excellent. Well, I'm really looking forward to that. So we'll be back tomorrow, twice. <laughs> and until then, while our blackbirds have tempted a really repressed saint off this way, we'll go that way. And remember, don't whistle until you're out of the woods. God sent every gentleman Such hounds, such hawks, and such lean men With a down, derry, derry, derry